my fellow Americans, it is time to take our freedom back. Morning, fellas. We're, we're minus one today. Lonnie couldn't make it today, but we have a lot to talk about. So day before the big day, election day, which naturally we all start to get a little bit nervous and anxious about, you know, but there's a lot to talk about. Uh, I, I got to say this. I got to say that it's been a cool process talking to all the candidates, being a part of this this uh, election cycle. And we've covered a lot of stuff. We've interviewed candidates. We've talked about where they stand, where we stand. And I think we'll spend some time today kind of talking about some last minute stuff before the big day. And what, what are you guys hearing about the ballots? Have most people already voted or do you think most people will vote tomorrow? I don't know. I've had a lot of people call or bring their ballots by and talk about candidates yeah. and stuff. And uh, I think a lot, I just got texts this morning. Hey, can you call me? I want to talk about. So I, I think a lot of people are waiting to the last minute. Yeah. It's going to take them in. You know? Sure. Sure. Especially on, on the uh, eve of, the 2000 mules people watching that movie and, and yeah. really not feeling comfortable point. dropping their ballots in, in, in a box. Now, you know, I think people are wanting to have their votes counted and, and people can actually go on the website. I think and see if their ballots have actually been, been counted now. Yeah. You know? um, one thing too is I, I didn't realize this is how important the signature is, you know, that your signature matches what your on record signature is, you know, and if you're anything like me, I sign my name so much where my signature changes over time. So now it's gotten reduced down to a scribble, you know, but I have to remember what my That's actual mine is. I look like a doctor's prescription signature. Or so it has that's to look the same as what's on your license? Or? Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, it's, well, that's what's on record. Yeah. yeah whatever yeah. the county has on record, you know, I think what a lot of people do is they go and they see their full name. So they actually sign their entire full name when that's not ever how they actually signed it. So that, that's important for people to know that's as well. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but it's exciting. Listen, we have opportunity here to really affect the change that we've been talking about for so long. And uh, I think we're on the edge of our seats because it's going to be pretty interesting. And we're going to have uh, a party tomorrow night. So if you're going to watch this, show up to Country Strong Fitness tomorrow night for uh, hopefully what's going to be a big celebration, you know, but it's always kind of fun to, to watch the results come in as a group. Yeah, I, I I thought it was cool in episode eight of the Red, White, and Blueprint when they were showing all the results coming in. And, yeah. and just the panning around the room, you could see on people's, faces yeah. the the yeah. nervousness and <laughs> anticipation you know a couple people you, i thought they were gonna barf like, knowing what already what the result already was you know obviously having lived through it watching episode eight again i had goosebumps and i was like on the edge of my seat kind of <laughs> we were watching it nervously as to what was gonna happen it was so close knew. too you know, it was like man. within a percentage point you know so it was um, and, and episode eight is out now right and it's out there so if you haven't watched that yet watch that it's a great uh cap to what's been, I feel, a really successful documentary series, you know, and uh, we're all really it was successful it. recall. It was a very successful recall, you know, which was key, I think, to what we were documenting about taking these counties back. And I'm seeing it all over the place. I mean, this is not just a big election in Shasta County. This is big across the state. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been reading much about San Francisco and the DA there being recalled, Chessa Boudin. Yep. You know, it's incredible to me. I was doing a little bit of research on Chessa, and he's kind of been in the news lately because he's this very progressive, very, very leftist. You know, I'm not even going to say liberal. I mean, this guy's a, a full-on He's right leftist. there with that Garcon. And if you know his story, his parents were 
arrested and jailed. Uh, they were put, put in prison for murder, a murder that took place in New York. Uh, you know, I want to say back, probably back in the eighties, and it was back in the eighties. And he was adopted by uh, who's who, the guy who was Obama's mentor, who was part of the Weather Underground, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Ayers. 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 Yeah. So he was Bill adopted Ayers. by Bill Ayers and raised by him. You know, <clears throat> what uh, could possibly go wrong? And then you look at like this guy's trajectory throughout his life, his whole career. He ends up uh, obviously going to law school, becoming a lawyer, but he's never worked in private practice at all. He's always worked for the government. In fact, he moved to Venezuela to work for Hugo Chavez wow. as a translator in that administration under Hugo Chavez. So we're talking about the most left that you can get, like left of left, you know? And this is the kind of person that's elected now here in California. Uh, but even the left, the Democrats, uh, let, let's say, call them left, call them whatever, the, the Democrats now are even fed up and say, hey, enough's enough. It's way too progressive, way too far for us. And watching these this crime skyrocket because you have people that are soft on crime, you know, like Chesa Buda, and they want all these social programs for these criminals that simply don't work, you know. And if you're somebody like me who used to go to San Francisco, you know, <clears throat> once every couple of months with my wife, go out to dinner and do all that, we wouldn't even go anymore because no. it's become such a crap city, you know, literally, you know. Did you guys, uh, <clears throat> a couple dangerous. weeks ago, a week ago Thursday, CNN came by the barbershop. Mm -hmm. I remember the gal that came like six months ago and was talking about the recall. Yeah. And, uh, and I was asking her, you know, what she had been up to. And she said, well, I, I got sent out. My producer sent me out because there's counties all over America that are, mm -hmm. that are doing recalls sure. or they're running Republican against Republican. You know, sure. they're doing a lot of the similar things. She said she had been to five counties and every single one of them that she talked to when she asked them about their motivations and stuff said, have you, have you heard of Shasta County, yeah. California? Yeah. They, they, they really, so the blueprint actually did work like we, like we hoped, you know, it really got across the country and that's, that was pretty amazing to me. No, absolutely. I think the fact that we were successful doing it where nobody thought we could be, including myself. I mean, I was a big skeptic. I thought it was an impossible task. And, and the fact that we did it, I think encouraged other people to say, Hey, we can do this too. And the narrative that's out there is that the Republican party is totally fractured now because of, because of this movement or movements like this. I would say it's not. I said this is like the rebirth, I think, of the Republican Party, the real Republican yeah. Party, you know, where people are starting to wake up. It's time to get the, rain, the rhinos out, you know, and, and these people that are just going to, along with all the government overreach. And, right. um, you know, I, I was just listening to DeSantis uh, talk, and he was, talk, he was saying that um, uh, the Biden administration is withholding the, the lunch program money for people in public schools unless – they show the uh, unless they push that LGBTQ um, pronoun, you know, agenda like mm -hmm. in the schools. And this has just gotten, you know, somebody everybody's got to have a line in the sand somewhere. Sure. Even I mean, like Bill Maher again was just coming out and said, mm -hmm. like, what's the the how this this country's going to crap because of the wokeness and the homelessness and the drugs. Sure. And, you know what I mean? So we're seeing a lot of. Uh, people that might be left leaning, but they're, they're coming out and saying, Hey, you know what? Enough is enough. You know, yeah. we don't need transgender, um, satanic clowns teaching our kids, you know, uh, uh, about sex and stuff in schools. It's just, it's uh, enough is enough. And sure. These counties are on freaking fire right now yeah. because I think they know that this stuff is just not going to stop. You know, mm -hmm. it's like this, this, this freight train of just crap has just been coming at us and maybe the restrictions are eased up sure. from the COVID stuff right now. But I mean, Look, they're just like Event 201. They're they're pre-programming us for this monkeypox to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, the next big scare, the next boogeyman. Sure. You know, so sure. so people are gearing up. They're like, and it's good because right now, if we just 
get a little bit of a win and then ease off. I mean, that that's not enough. You know, this is going to take. Oh, it's constant pressure. It's full full court press from here on out. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. until the day we die. Um, I watched a movie last night. It's actually pretty good called No Safe Spaces. Have you guys seen that? It's Adam Carolla and Dennis Prager from Prager U. And this was pre-COVID, so it's 2019. So first of all, I, I want to say that. COVID accelerated this whole thing, you know, so it's interesting now to see the pre-COVID stuff, uh, movies like No Safe Space, where it talks about how in 2019, which seems so far away now, everything pre-COVID seems right. prehistoric <laughs> yeah. now, you know, uh, but back then, back then, a few years ago, <laughs> back they, then, yeah, back then, they, they back were already talking about like what was going on in universities, how there's this horrible cancel culture, you know, it's a violent cancel culture where they couldn't bring people to universities to Berkeley or Yale or, or uh, you know, the all, all colleges across the country, they couldn't bring people with conservative views to speak because there was a violent protest. And so what started happening was they would say, okay, if you're a Republican uh, group on campus that wants to bring, let's say, Ben Shapiro or Candace mm-hmm. Owens or somebody like that, or Miley Yiannopoulos was, was a big one then, you know. They were making you pay like something like seventy thousand dollars in security for those events. You know, like, what? Why do we have to pay for security when it's these violent protesters? You know, that should be controlled and you know kept out, not kept out. You know, uh, of the forum, they're certainly welcome there. But these violent protesters that were breaking windows, threatening people, beating people up, you know, uh, lighting things on fire. So, what we've seen is already the, this culture of cancellation, right? Where there's not an open forum. There's not an open conversation anymore. You know, if you don't agree with what the left says, you are an extremist, you're, you know, a, na- a white nationalist, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, and all these things that they're trying to, to avoid. Uh, but now I think, going back to what I was saying in the beginning, where COVID has accelerated, snowballed this mm-hmm, whole mm-hmm. this whole thing now, you know, where they knew that they were hitting a wall because people were starting to say, hey, this isn't right, you know. Universities should be a place for both sides, for all yeah. sides to be Free able to, to come. And, and, and Absolutely. Because it's interesting because... Back in the fifties, it was the liberals that wanted free speech, and the conservatives, you know, the, the, the McCarthyists saying, "Hey, no, you know, there can't be free speech." Now it's flip flop. Now right. where it's conservatives saying, "Hey, we have to have an open forum here for everybody to bring their ideas to the table," and it's the left saying violently, "No." Berkeley you know? used to be called the home of free speech. It was, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and during the civil rights movement, they were all real instrumental and in, and in, in doing really, really good, great things because of that. But, Go where Trump but, had, you probably get hit in the head with the bike lock. Now. Well, you know, there, there was a gal in the movie. And they'll probably tell you, can't even sit down and have. There's a guy wearing a, a Trump hat at one of these rallies, and you see somebody come up and just mace her in the face, you know, and it's, uh, I mean, there's no room for that in America. It's a complete third world country now, you know, when it comes to that. When you're trying to, you know, squash people's ideas, you know, that's not good for anybody because we're certainly not trying to squash anybody else's ideas. We're just no. saying, hey, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong. And no one I know would do anything like that to someone on the other side. No. They try to portray us as the ones who would, but we're the ones who wouldn't, you know. Well, I think that they have to dehumanize you. So when you call somebody a Nazi, when you call somebody a racist, it dehumanizes them to the point that it absolves them of the responsibility to debate you. So they don't have to debate you now, right? If I can dehumanize you, if I can make you seem less intelligent, not worthy of debate, then then I don't have to debate you. And that's what they don't want because anytime they come to an honest debate, they lose, right. you know, and, and they resort to violence. I, I think I told you guys a story before, but I had, uh, I've got a pretty good way of turning stuff around on people sometimes, sure. but there's this, it was a white guy, but there, so I was at the headwaters and um, there were some Asian people there, which I get along, I'd love, everybody who's good people it doesn't matter they were blocking the whole headwaters though and i was 
and it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like they were doing it on purpose, but I just said, Hey, can you move some of your bottles this way? So we, other people can access, yeah. you know, there's different parts of the spring. You uh, can explain go real to. quick for people that don't know what you're talking about. When you say headwaters. Oh, sorry. So up in Mount Shasta, yeah. um, you know, the headwaters, it's where the Sacramento river starts and it's, um, some really good glacier water coming through the mountain It's probably filtered for a hundred years and then pops up out of this big hole in the side of the mountain Spring, and yeah. uh, i go there and fill my water up <clears throat> and um th this group of people was blocking um access to it and i just went over to the lady and i said hey you know can can you just move a couple bottles over so yeah. other people can access sure. you know there was me and a few other people that were trying to get water at the same time and they just were unaware that they were blocking you know the and and i, and I went up and then this big white guy come up to me and he goes he goes, hey, man, did you just ask her to move her stuff? And I said, well, yeah, I, she was blocking access, and there's all these other people that are too polite to say anything. And I just asked her if she could. He goes, she'll, she'll be done when she's done. And he goes, that's just you and your, your uh, white privilege. And this is a white, and I'm going, dude, I go, honestly, if you were up there doing it, I would have been a lot ruder. Sure. I was all, I, I was very polite. I go, there's other people trying to get yeah, access sure, to it. Sure. He goes, you're just a racist white person. And I said, I said, what, man? And I turned around. I said, you're a racist. And so all, so nobody else heard what we were talking about. Yeah. But I turned around on him and started calling him a racist yeah. and started chasing yeah. him out of there. I was yeah. like, you're racist. Yeah. And, and everybody around was like, look at yeah. it. He, he's like, oh, my God. They think I'm the racist. And yeah, but, but for for, that, for him to feel like he has to defend somebody because they're a color, you know. Right. Uh, listen, we, we don't see things that way. I'm just no. So this guy, this guy hightailed it yeah. out of there. I I chased him out of there, called him racist, yeah. and he was like, and, that was, he, and everybody seen it from the outside. Well, it's a said, stopper. You call somebody a racist, and it's like, oh crap! But it's like yelling rape, you know, or yelling fire, you know. Oh, like, oh man. so that guy stops the whole conversation. <laughs> I chased him out of there though. Guy. He was gone. Hey, real real quick before we start talking about these local races, I just wanted to say one other funny thing happened when that CNN gal came in. Yeah. I said, well, what have you been up to lately or since I saw you last? And she goes, well, I've been in Poland mm -hmm. and I've been covering the evacuation uh -huh. from the Ukraine into Poland. And uh, I was like, wow, well, how many people have, have evacuated that you can tell? And she said, oh, like 2.7 million or something. And I, I said, man, just think of another million or so evacuated. It'll be as many as have crossed our southern border in the yeah. last year. <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me like, <laughs> But everybody in the shop well, cracked it, up. It's too. so true, right? To that point, Woody, I feel like people are for borders or for walls or for, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, these these lines everywhere else in the world but here, right? right. It, it's not racist when other countries have borders and walls and immigration policies, but the second that we want to <laughs> institute that here, talk about that here. And how did that happen? It, it, it's racism. You know what I mean? It's been, well, I know it's been a slow it, process. It, it's a perfect they... narrative on their end, right? Because again, it's a conversation stopper, you know? And they want to make it sound like we don't want people coming to our country because there's a certain color, a certain culture, a certain race, a certain creed. And that's not it at all. I'm like, yeah. we welcome everybody. I mean, this country welcomes people. are flooding into this country, you know? Yeah. And there just has to be a, a policy that keeps people safe so we know who's coming in. And it's they call them asylum seekers. So it's like they've caught people from 156 different countries. Sure. They can't all yeah. be seeking asylum. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? No. But, yeah, that's the term they use to make you like, what, are you going to keep somebody from... Sure, sure. Okay. Are you and, heartless? And, and it's really a breakdown to me in policies from Central American countries, you know. So you, if you look at the, the president of El Salvador, uh, you know, uh, Bukele, I can't remember, 
I have to look up his last name, but young guy, youngest president in the country, in the world right now, 40 years old. And he's actually doing a great job in El Salvador. And they asked him, hey, how, how do we solve this deal about people coming across the borders? You know, he says, we have to give them opportunities. And we failed to give them opportunities and incentive to stay in our country. So now he's turning it around. El Salvador is actually going to be one of these leading countries now to provide opportunities for their people. You know, yeah. and yeah, I've he, heard he, him speak. He's awesome. He, he's I've great. Heard, and yeah. I think he's, he's the first uh, non-party. He started his own party called New Ideas. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and I think he's the first candidate. In, I can't remember how many years to be elected who's not from the two main parties. You know, and I, maybe that's what we're going to see in this country. Maybe we're going to see a, a, a real third party. I know we've had, you know, the, the Tea Party and other you know uh, parties that have tried to sort of you know American independent parties and, and everything else. Swamp runs deep in both you know, sides. But, but, it, but it, it is it's so hard to break that cycle. But if we had. Uh, a good collection of ideas where we could actually say, hey, look, we're going to take the best from both sides, you know, create a strong party, a united party. I think that'd be a pretty cool thing. And I don't know who would do that. It's just, you're right. It's so entrenched. It's so hard. We have a two-party system, you know, that's I mean, hard to break. Either we got to clean up the Republican side of things, you know, and, and drain the swamp over there yeah. or start a new party, sure. one or the other, because sure. there's so many uh, rhinos in there that are just freak. I mean, these guys are all bought and paid for. You know? the, dim, I mean, the dims are falling apart though. I feel like we yeah. just keep presenting good ideas sure. uh, and they can see the results of the policies of like this administration right now. When you look at like Joe Biden's approval rating among Latinos is below 25%. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a train wreck for Democrats. Yeah. No, it's, it's terrible. And uh, it, every, every people group are moving more conservative right now and, and they know it. So that's why they're having to distract and, and sure. And uh, all this other stuff. And, and this, this is why election integrity is so important because they're going to push that narrative. They're going to push their story, their agenda over and over and over again. So election integrity comes into play because that's, that, that, that is their foundation. The other way that they get this whole thing done is by screwing up the polls. And I keep going back to this 2000 Mules movie, which I thought was fantastic, irrefutable evidence. And now you have people saying, well, that's already been defrauded. You know, that, that, that movie's fake. You know, they're, they're making this stuff up. Like, no you way. can't make that stuff up. No. You, know? you notice how Fox hasn't even said one thing about 2000 Mules? Not the, one. They, they have not, you know. and, and I'm, They'd have to admit they were wrong. Well, the, the thing with Fox, you know, is like, yeah, is it better than CNN? Sure. But let's not be fooled by Fox either. Yeah. I think that, you know, everybody there is like Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity. They're, they're, they're not, you know. Uh, in fact, they're pushing the whole LGBTQ month now really uh, hard, you know. Yeah. And l- listen, you know, it doesn't mean that we're against, you know, gays or anything like that just because. Our we don't veterans think, get we, one day. Yeah. Memorial Day is sure. one freaking day, okay? It's so we're going to celebrate them for one day and then yeah. we're going to celebrate the LGBTQ for, for the whole month? Sure. You know, and and what are you actually celebrating, right? I mean, like, what don't you have? And I follow people on Twitter, and, and there's a lot of gay conservatives that I follow on Twitter, and they're like, wait, we're not for this. You know, if that's what being gay is, and I don't want to be gay anymore, yeah. you know, uh, because it's become this, I hate to say it, but, but it really is an over-sexualized, pedophile-led type of movement, right, where you have these people dressed like dogs and they're half-naked marching down the street, talk, handing candy to kids, and it's like, w- what is really going on here? What's your agenda? What are you really trying to push, you know? It's not gay rights anymore, you know? Well, and, we, and we'd be remiss without bringing up the fact that today is... is uh, D-Day. June 6th, yeah, D-Day, Remembrance yeah. of D-Day. And the, if you've ever watched anything about that battle and... Sure. The only thing I've ever seen that reminds me as much of that as far as the guts it would have took to do it. I know there's been a lot of great battles, but Gettysburg, you know, looked sure. like that where you were just lined up. Oh, the th- thing, think about hitting Omaha Beach, you know, and, and knowing that you're going into a wall of fire, you know, knowing that 
there's the sound of the guns, there's bullets flying, bullets hitting your boat, bullets hitting your buddy next to you, and you're still moving forward and you're still going towards the sound of the guns because uh, because of this great American ideal, because we knew that we had to do this to preserve freedom, preserve liberty around the world, you know? And we can get into the whole military-industrial complex, everything that was born out of that, and it's a whole other conversation, you know? But you know, let's not take away the courage of that young man who was in a, a boat, you know, going towards the shore in France. I mean, I think that was oh, an, an incredible thing. You know? I, I think you're more brave if you chop off your junk and you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I'm just joking. No, no right. well, they say that's courage. <laughs> that's, that's true that's, that's courage. bravery now, right? And, and, and to that point, you know, now in a couple episodes <clears throat> ago, we talked about uh, trans people in, in sports, you know, and yeah. well, it's called men in, in women's sports. Did you see the, the picture of the, the two trans the cyclists. cyclists kissing? Yes. And then the the woman yeah, competitor yeah, that got third, third sitting there holding her baby. Yep, yep. It's just like, so you yep. got two men who yep. can't compete yep. with other men, yep. or they just want to dominate women's sports, which yep. this should never be allowed. Sure. And then you got the one who should have been first place sitting there holding her. I don't know, man. That picture just pissed me off. No, it, it's terrible, you know. Um, and, and again, what is your agenda? How woke is woke enough? What, what, what do you really want? Because I don't think you want equity. I think we all have some kind of social equity now in this country, right? Where you can really do whatever you want. If you work a little bit harder, if you're a little bit smarter, if you're disciplined, you can be whatever you want in this country, you know, but they're telling, uh, you know, going back to what you were saying about calling him racist, you know, I think they're really the transphobic ones. They're really the homophobic ones. They're, they're, they're the racist ones, you know, because they don't want to even playing field. What they want is to say, hey, you're not good enough on your own, you know, so we have to create this this weird, confusing system where maybe you'll have a chance, you know, uh, and it's always at the, uh, it's, you know, it's at the loss of somebody else, right? I mean, right. It, it, it it's not like you're you're building yourself up because you're better. You're having to really just put somebody else down and take somebody else's opportunity away for you to have some kind of weird, confusing opportunity. We better cover this election. Let's do it. Yeah, back on. So track. let's start. Yeah, let's start with <laughs> county clerk. How, how do you how do you think that's gonna roll uh, out? With well, Bob, you know, Bob I was Holsinger. happy to see that the Shasta GOP backed Bob Holsinger. Um, and I don't know if they had a choice because he's a registered Republican and Kathy Darling Allen is not, you know. But again, this is a nonpartisan race, so it shouldn't matter. But it's nice to see the, that the Shasta GOP got behind a good candidate, you know. So uh, I think Bob can eke this thing out, you know. I, I really do. I think Kathy Darling, Darling Allen, I think, has probably done a good job as a registrar, you know. I, I can't point out anything that she's done wrong. But I think as we're moving culturally into a uh, really a platform where we want more election integrity, we want want to just take it to the next level of election integrity. Yeah, and she's pro drop boxes still. She says she wants to keep those, and which which, which I don't trust anymore. I don't don't trust either. Sure, uh, but. I mean, we know Bob. Bob's a friend of ours. We've spoken to him extensively throughout this process, and he's somebody that's prepared. That's been, you know, for the last four elections, a part of the the process, and and knows how, how to run a team. You know, so I think he can pull it up, pull it off. He's for in sure. it for the right reasons. Yep. He came out of uh, of uh, retirement, you know, and and you know, like a lot of these other good candidates we have, none of, none of these guys really wanted to run. It's just never people were saying, "Hey, we need yeah. someone to step up," and, sure. and that's the kind of people we need sure. running are the ones that. Are, are good people who are doing it for the right reason. They're not doing yeah. it to get in a position of power. And, um, you know, I think Bob's a great guy, a lot of integrity. And, and it's an interesting <sighs> dynamic that we're talking about this race because it's not something we ever would have talked about before, you know? No. I mean, whoever 
even knew who the county registrar was, you know, and I didn't know the clerk and the registrar were the same yeah, person. Yeah, and, and how important <laughs> that position is, you know. Yeah. And then we move on to the district attorney's race, which is another race, you know, it's always kind of been subdued where we haven't talked about it, hasn't been on the forefront of people's minds, you know, okay, and there's a DA out there, they're doing their job great, you know, but we probably have the most contested and contentious DA's race we've ever had in this county. And how important you know? is that position? I mean, huge. When we talk about resource management, we're talking about, you know, money that's being spent on things that shouldn't get spent on. We're talking about criminals going free where innocent people, you know, are being prosecuted. Um, yeah, it, it's, that's, it's, it's, it's super important. And the more prisoners that get kicked out mm -hmm. the next couple of years where law-abiding citizens might have to, you know, take, you might have to take matters into your own hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're talking about closing three more prisons next year in California. Sure. I well, mean, I think I California wants to get rid of the prison system altogether. Right. I mean, if it was up to the people at the state, I think we would just have these social programs for these people, which we know don't work. You know? Well, the more chaos they have, the more tyranny they can, um, you know, produce through these, sure. uh, this government overreach, you know, so they kind of need all this chaos. If, if, if they locked up the, look, it's 1% of people or less that are the rapists, the murderers, mm. the freaking, the, 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 the violent criminals that you really mm. need to get off the streets. Okay. Sure, sure. And if they, if they just kept those people in and didn't keep releasing them out, I mean, these guys are getting arrested for, you know, it's like, Oh, arrested for the 12th time, you sure. know, people that have, you know, raped people, yeah. killed people, sure. all, you know, they and, need and, those people on the street creating chaos and disorder so they can come up with the solution. And this DA's office does not want to debate the facts. They do not yeah. want to debate the reason that we have put forth a candidate, you know, to, to run against Stephanie Bridget. Uh, we saw Stephanie the other day on Carl Blotz show on uh, KCNR. And Sean Northam showed up. I saw like, hey, well, you know, and Sean wanted to go in there and debate her, you know. So the best thing for her to do would have said, Hey, open the door, let him in. Let's debate. Let's let's put those papers on the table. Let's go over this data. Let's go over the facts and the stats and let's no see way. where it lies. And she wouldn't do it. No, you know, way. There, there's no way. I think she was probably frightened of that, you know. And she keeps talking about how honest she is. When somebody has to tell you how honest they are, they're hiding something. I knew <laughs> some I knew some horse me. traders yeah. like that. You can trust me, I'm an honest man. Yeah. yeah. That's how they start the conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm honest. Does anybody say I'm dishonest? No. Nobody, nobody says, hey, I'm kind of a dishonest person. I'm not going to tell you the you truth. You better watch me. <laughs> yeah. You know. So but, I, oh. but, but you have Eric Jensen, you know, somebody who yeah. they are claimed doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the courtroom experience, doesn't have the prosecutorial, prosecutorial experience. And I would say, look, we have somebody who has a lot of integrity, is an attorney, understands the law, understands how the law should be applied to everybody equally, and... Uh, can build a team and is a leader, as somebody who's respected in the community, somebody who uh, has a great legal career over the last 20 years. Um, hey, there he is. Right there. You know, and oh, there he is right there. Look at that. <laughs> and, 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 for, and for them to say, hey, you know, he, he's not qualified, I, I think it's this ad hoc approach to politics, right, where, again, if, if they can't debate on the facts, if they can't debate on stats and, and on what's real, then the only thing that they can materialize is personal attacks. That's the only thing they can do, right? Is they try to, again, dehumanize you, try to tell you you're not qualified, you're not good enough, but they'll never actually debate the facts. It's Anything leftist tactics. Yeah. It's the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We got to keep moving. We only got yeah. a few minutes left. Okay. Superintendent of schools. Superintendent of schools, Brian Caples, Judy Flores. That's going to be a tough race. You know, uh, I think Judy has been touted as uh, working for the youth in Shasta County, saying that 
Uh, she was the woman of the year that was uh, presented by Brian Daly, actually, you know, you know, nominated her to be the woman of the year because of the work that she did to get schools back on track in Shasta County. Uh, but when we start peeling back the onion and seeing what, what actually happened. Yeah, what does you know, that mean, it, getting it, back on track? It, the children were protected. Children were having to go to school in masks. Children were having, uh, you know, to entertain this idea of possibly being vaccinated, you know, to go to school. Uh, teachers in the schools weren't being protected. You know, they were being forced to, you know, go along with these mandates. And, uh, you know, it's not something that I'm interested in supporting, you know. So I think Brian Caples is a guy who comes. And I, and I thought that that with transgender health secretary won woman of the year. Was that not? No, th- we're, we're talking about. <laughs> no, yeah, 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 I, I, I know. Kidding. Yeah, but for Northern California, whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. But no, no man <laughs> of the year. Yeah, that, that was weird in itself, you know. Yeah. So that's going to be a tough race. Uh, I can't call it either way. I'm Obviously, running for I, woman I, of the year I, this I, like, year. I, because you identify that way now, you know. And, and. <laughs> You know, I would love to see Brian win. That's going to be a tough race. You know, that, yeah. that's going to be. All right. How about how about District One, Kevin Cry? So Kevin was smart from the outset. He hired a fantastic professional team to run that campaign. You know, it's the same campaign that's run governor races uh, across the country. Uh, I think they're the ones that got the Republican governor elected in Virginia, which they said would never happen. So he was smart to employ the right people. Um, I think he's going to win. I think he's done a great job. Kevin's a guy who has been going door to door every single day and night, you know, and has a team of people that are knocking on doors, talking to people. And the results of that that I'm hearing is really positive. Positive He's been him. working hard. You know? I've never seen anybody work any harder. No. And Erin, every time she comes out and talks, she does damage to herself. She does, <laughs> you know. And I said this from the beginning for the things she, she said about lies, like she told Biden. me personally, you know, to claim that she personally knows me and, and yeah. to call me dishonorable. Uh, you know, I think she did a lot of damage to, to, her, to herself, you know. And, and again, she's not running on anything other than popularity because of her Dutch Bros brand and, and you know, her community involvement. And she sits on all these boards, which... Listen, just because you sit on boards doesn't mean anything. We can all sit on a bunch of boards and, and, and claim that I'm on this board, I'm on that board, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, but they really don't do anything. You know, and uh, there's, I think they got 378000 in PPP money, and, you know, and then some people... I, I think it was more than that. Uh, well, sure. yeah, I don't know. I yeah. saw that one yeah. deal. Maybe it was, there was multiple ones, but sure. I saw one that was three hundred. Which, which is fine. Listen, that money yeah. was there to take. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is, is that they were open when other people weren't. And they right. took advantage of that, you know, the fact that they were deemed to be essential because they're selling sugary drinks to kids, you yeah, know, yeah, it's super essential. So, um, so, so I, I think Kevin pulls that one off. Uh, I think it's tough. I think if you would have told me at the beginning of the race, Kevin was going to win, I would have said, ah, probably not. You know, um, she definitely has a name he's recognition in the, work, in the community, though. but he has put in the work and now he's kind of become a household name. People are seeing him for what he is, which is a leader. And listen, Something that they brought up, there's an article written by a news cafe about his bankruptcy from 2012. If you run businesses, if you hit a hard time, should that be held against you, you know, for the rest of your life? Absolutely not. Let's see how you turn turn that around. Let's see how successful he is now. And he's really successful. You so know? a news cafe wrote an article uh, saying, and it was talking about all of us. It wasn't like about me and Ashley, but I mean, yeah. they, they sat there and said, I was a white prider, this and that. And then they're like, and here's his wife took $9,000 PPP money. Sure. And she, she got a $9,000 loan that I didn't even know about, but it was sure. a loan that she makes monthly payments because she wants to do her own thing and not ask me for money, sure. which is awesome. And she wrote an article about that 9,000, but is she going to, is Donnie going to write anything about uh, the 378,000 that Aaron got the PPP just say? (laughs) No, they never will. And again, we talk about equity. There's no equity there, right? Where, you know, it's okay for them to point out this about 
people on our side, but they'll never point out, you know. Well, and they, they, they wrote an article supporting Stephanie Bridget, too. And it's funny because some of the deputy DAs are <clears> touting <throat> that. It's like, hey, nobody... Nobody thinks A News Cafe is a real news no, story. Uh, if no. that's all you got, it makes you look even worse. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So. so it's almost satire now, right? When you read these articles now, it's almost like it's a satirical ad. You can't even take it seriously. Okay, yeah. District 5. I mean, I, I think Chris <clears throat> Kellstrom's freaking awesome. Um, you know, I I, know, I like Colt Roberts a lot, too. I don't think I haven't seen enough signs or him. You know what I mean? I, I think he'd make a great freaking uh, uh position here locally you know what i mean to to be a board of supervisor but i think um it's really come down to baron browning and chris kelstrom and, and this is an interesting race for me because i consider baron browning a friend i do uh, i think he's a great guy he's a marine he's done a great job in anderson he certainly has the tools uh, to do what's right where i think he has failed is in his alignment with people like stephanie bridget and aaron resident and this is something i would say to him as a friend to, to his face you know it's that you know i like the guy I respect the guy and, and i was supporting the guy um if he wins I, I won't be upset but you know i think chris kellstrom is the guy that we need because he has not aligned himself with that side you and know? i wish johnson wouldn't have done that either well he made a I big think mistake he walked, doing that i, I think i, I think, think he would have walked away with it as I, a think I, I think johnson's still going to win uh uh, he's doing a great job. I think he's a great sheriff. He's a good guy. Again, he's somebody I consider a friend. Uh, but again, something I would tell him to, 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 to his face, you know, as a friend, say, hey, you probably shouldn't have supported Stephanie Bridge. I think that hurt your campaign, you know. And, uh, you know, to his credit, I, I would say that he doesn't do politics well. He doesn't understand the political game very well. He's not a politician, never has been. Uh, so maybe he got thrown into this mix by people that were maybe controlling these campaigns, you know. And, and when you're running a campaign, you sort of go where 